Hello everyone, this is Chase Avery, co-host of Bases Loaded. Due to coronavirus, we have been forced to move our weekly radio show over to be a podcast, but this is a fun and exciting time for both me, Jack, Jacob, and Zach. It's a very fun podcast. It's a great listen. Thank you all for tuning in. This is Chase Avery, listening to 88.1 FM, WNTH Radio, The Voice of New Trier. So head over to WNTH.com for weekly updates on our show. Two. One. Action. Hello, everyone. You're listening to WNTH 88.1 FM, The Voice of New Trier, and I am Chase Avery, alongside with Jacob Hahn, Jack Weinman, and Zach Eisen. And today, we got a great show ahead for you. Um, today... We're going to do a little bit of our top five uniforms of all time in the MLB, in our opinion. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about the Red Sox and, you know, the ongoing what's going to happen at the MLB season. You know, we're not quite sure what's going to go on, but maybe make some drop some predictions here and there. We're also the main focus of today's podcast really is going to be to talk about our all time lineup and starting rotation, including one reliever. Uh, this is uh it's it's a little bit a uh, little bit flowy in the, the sense that it's not necessarily just like the all time roster in your opinion, but more just like you need a must win team. This is really who you're going to. So, and it's based off people's career, not necessarily just being in prime. So, uh, let's get started. Uh, we're gonna start off with the our favorite uniforms of all time. I think we should each well, go around, talk about a uh, start with number five. My number five is the Phillies maroon pinstripe that they wore from 1970 to 1991. Uh, the font of it is just very cool, and I really like the swirly P that it had on it. It's very unique. I think that um, it, it would have been a very good trademarked uh, logo. It's very recognizable, and you remember it well. I really like the thick pinstripes that, that, that are on the jerseys and on the pants. I think those are definitely different. And it definitely reminds me of P. Rose and Mike Schmidt. So that's my number five. All right. Jack. Should I go next? All right. I'll go, um, I'll go with number five. Mine is the throughout the 70s and 80s, the California Angels. They were known by them at the time. Uh, today the angels have, they wear this throwback a couple times a year. I don't know, but this is like 1972, like Nolan Ryan, um, some of those guys. So I don't know. It's backwards, right on your screen, but no, it's, it's got good. the, it's oh, good. is it? Yeah. Got the ha halo. I like there, the lowercase font I think is good. And I like the white, um, right here. So that's my number five. All right, my number five isn't really, I guess, a specific uniform, but the 1970s Pirates uniforms, as you can see right there. They like to mix and match them. They had the awesome pillbox hats, they call them. The low, the low top, pinstriped white jerseys, yellow jerseys, black. They had yellow, black, pinstriped pants. They'd just mix them up, wear them home and away. Um, and they still wear some of them, the yellow ones, I think, the throwbacks. And I, I really like them. 
I've got some of my more underrated favorites. I'm going to go with the 1990s Reds jerseys. If you don't know mm. what I'm talking about, if you can see Junior over there with the pinstripes and the red shoulders, I like. It looks like it's kind of a, like the basketball-style sleeveless jerseys and the red pinstripes I really like. I'm a big fan of vest jerseys. I really think the white side. I agree. Should bring them back in like the early two thousands, like fifty yeah. percent of the every league, t- every t- yeah every sort team of mm-hmm. the D backs had them, the Royals, Rangers, yeah, lots of teams. I I really like them. Mm-hmm. All right, Chase, number four for you. Number four was the same as Jack's was the uh, Angels Halo throwbacks. I really like those. The lowercase A, I think, is uh, very unique and it stands out. And you know, most teams with the capital like you said, but I think the lowercase a does look very good with the halo goes very well with the angels and also just Los Angeles Anaheim angels really. And the Dodgers really are the number one team there in SoCal. So, I mean, the angels are number two and I feel like the lowercase a kind of goes with that just being kind of the underrated left out team. Uh, Not saying they're bad, but just not the favorite. So I think the lowercase a is uh, kind of goes and shows with that. All right, my number four, the 1998 to, like, 2004-ish Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Mm. Um, I'm a huge fan. I'm struggling to focus, but I'm a huge fan of the white jerseys. I don't really like the black ones that they used to wear, but I think today I don't like how they've kind of ditched the Devil Ray look. They've gone to, like, the Sun Ray, which I don't think is nearly as – cool or um it looks i don't think it looks as good but what i love about the old rays jerseys was they would have a jersey like it today um but uh it says devil rays across the front and there's a gradient a gradient like dark blue through to green to yellow it's really cool i think and the purple numbers i think is really cool too mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that's i think that's a great jersey i think uh uh definitely throwback and the Tampa Bay Rays, I think it's, yeah. I love those Stingray hats, too. The jerseys were really unique, and the hats that they still wear are nice. All right, my number nine, number four. These might be a little ugly, but I think they're really, really nice. The yellow and green Oakland A's. I think also from the 70s, 70s and 80s. Gold and green, yeah. Light gold vests with the green sleeves, the green stirrups. I mean... If they wore those every single game, I don't know if I like them that much. But the once or twice a year for a throwback, I mean, that's pretty nice. I like those a lot. I think the color scheme is good and like goes well with the athletics. My only problem with those is I feel like it just it kind of just looks uncomfortable for the players a little bit, <laughs> and you know, just having it look kind of uncomfortable. I don't know. It just uh, well, that, yeah. that's how the seventies jerseys were. I think is like in that time when they were made um wait jacob yes sorry is it possible you could sh- make everybody yes able i to just share? did that just did okay. that now you can now all right. go ahead was- um you guys actually both took two of mine that are on my list the rays and oakland i was going to show the 70s oakland a's if you can see that particularly the gold it's the gold solid color with the green a's logo classy 70s A's, I like it a lot. 
Mm-hmm. All righty. Uh, going back to three. So my number three, I would say, is kind of like what Zach said earlier. These 1956 throwback Reds jerseys. Uh, I the sleeveless cutoffs with the little baseball man on it. I think it's I think it's pretty great, and it looks comfortable. And you got you know you can show off the guns, and they brought it back out this year for a couple of games, and players had fun with it. Got a lot of hype. I think it it looks very Cincinnati, uh, kind of very blue collar, hardworking, you know, type beat. So I think I think that's a great jersey. Yeah, they had they wore throwbacks every Sunday last year, every home Sunday. All right. Um. So my number three. Let's see. All right. Can you guys? There we go. This is my my only road jersey on this list, number three. Mm-hmm. What what I really like about this 1980, 1970 Orioles jersey is, like, I love the script, the cursive script in orange. It really pops off the gray. But I like I like how the gray looks. It's, like, different from most gray jerseys we see today mm-hmm. where it's kind of, like, that that kind of like yarn type I don't know how to explain it but it's like the it's more the it's very different from what we see today with like Majestic and Nike but it's old school I like it my number three right here maybe a little biased but White Sox 1983 Sunday throwbacks White Sox obviously have had a lot of different uniforms and a lot of different color schemes um, over their history. But I think this one is another jersey. If they wore it every day, I'd think, I don't know, might be a little too much. But as a once-a-week throwback, it's awesome. Uh, I love the beach blanket across the front, the numbers on the pants, which you don't see anymore, I think is kind of cool. And the logo, yeah. which you can't see on the jersey, but with the Batman logo, I love that. Yeah. Great I think jersey. those jerseys – this may sound a little bit weird, but I think those jerseys would look – like, I think they they look great, but I feel like they would look even better just, like, if the player had, like, tons of, like, facial hair, like a big beard or something. <laughs> I feel like yeah. – or, like, a mustache. I feel like it just, like – it would kind of look better on the jersey. I don't Goose know. Goose Yeah. All right. Trying to screen share my jerseys. Uh, how do I do this? Push the share. Wait. I believe in you. <laughs> Figuring this out, I feel like it's got now. Set. You can do it. It's gonna be like the NFL draft. It? It's gonna be like tomorrow no. night. <laughs> it says share no? content. Share content up on the top. You gotta get your twelve-year-old kid to help you out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what? <laughs> you know what? Whatever. <laughs> Uh, I was going to go the Padres Brown that I'm happy they're bringing it back. Yeah. The brown uniforms, pinstripes with the yellow. They were always iconic in the earlier days in like the 80s for the brown jerseys, and they took those away. And I'm happy I'm gonna they brought th- them back. I'm going to just throw this out there. I'm not a big fan of those. I just don't like, you know, brown. Okay. brown that, that, those two colors just do not look – that appealing to me you know what I mean and uh I feel I just feel like it, it would lo- it looks good on the players like in the game but I feel like if I just saw someone walking around with that type of jersey 
it would just kind of look gross. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's it's like a unique combo. I don't know, but I like I like the new brown Padres jerseys, but the gray pinstripes those are kind of those are kind of weird. I I like it because it's not like gray like every other yeah, team has. It. They're like a beige, which is cool. It's so a really like unique it. look that I like. Yeah. All right, oh, Jake or Chase. Number two. My number two. My number two is also a little bit biased, um, but different than Jacob's. Uh, it is the 1917 White Sox jerseys. Actually, this is a better picture of them because, like, this is a little bit more updated. Um, this one, this nice. is my number two. I really like it. Very patriotic. Red, white, and blue co- color scheme. I think it goes very well. Uh, got the American flag on the side. You know what I mean? Uh, I think. These are great jerseys. Now, the problem with it is I don't really know what hat would really go well with it, but I think the jerseys go really well and can be matched very well with the socks, especially like stirrup socks like those. So uh, I really like those, and I hope to see maybe see those make a comeback. I feel like maybe if they made ones with a shorter sleeve, mm-hmm. um, they would look a lot nicer, but I like those. I think those are my number two. Yeah, the logo, too, on those, that SOX logo with, like, the O and the X in the code. Yes. I think that's Very really cool. cool. And the White Sox brought that back for Fourth of July this year with um, that logo on the hats, which I think is really good because it fits well with, like, the patriotic theme. Yeah, and yeah. the first time I actually saw those was it was one of Yohan Mankata's first games called yes. up. And he just had, a, like, an amazing game, and especially fielding. He made, like, two tremendous plays. Mm-hmm. And those jerseys just really just kind of gave me chills because they looked so cool. Nice. All right. My number two, early 2000s, a lost era. <laughs> these jerseys, these black Mets jerseys. Hey. I think the Mets – need to bring these back i don't know why why they're sticking with just the blue the royal blue and the gray and white i think these are so cool um it's just like mike piazza carlos beltran like john franco all those guys i think these are so cool and um super unique i don't you don't see like many teams that have black jerseys besides like the white Sox, who have like our it's their primary color so i think it's really cool to have, like, a secondary jersey that's black. I definitely I, agree. Like, in that early 2000s time, a couple other teams, the Royals and A's I know, or two that I know of, that came out with a black jersey for a couple of years. And some fans, I know Mets fans, weren't a huge fan of it because they're like, oh, black's not one of our colors. Let's stick to our team colors. But I really like that Mets jersey. I think the black goes well with their team. And I bet you that they do bring those back because I've seen a lot of tweets from Pete Alonzo and Marcus Stroman who really want to bring those back, and they've been, like, actively talking about bringing the black jerseys back. What's but funny is that, like, those guys, when they were growing up, those were the jerseys the Mets were wearing. Mm-hmm. So, like, players now want to go back to, like, the early 2000s jerseys because that's, like, what they remember, I think. Yeah, uh, those jerseys. number two – my number two is kind of two jerseys. I love powder blue, and these are probably my two favorite 
examples of Palo Blue jerseys. The first one, St. Louis Cardinals. I love the stuff, uh, the socks. I think that's what really makes these cool. They got the striped socks with the red and blue. The bright red hat and the logo on the jersey just pops out really nicely. And then the other one I have, uh-oh, did not mean to do that, is the Phillies, which I think is unique because their red is kind of a lot darker, but I still think it's cool um, the way it con- kind of contrasts with their blue jersey. And, of course, that Vice Hope walk-off in that like blue jersey last season was – Fun to watch. Very fun to watch. It was not. (laughs) Not for me. The powder blue jerseys are back in style. There's a lot of teams bringing those back. Rangers. I think the Blue Jays. All in for that. Blue Jays. uh, They released them. I think they're so elite. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Can you screen share those? The Blue Jays? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I saw the Rangers ones. The Rangers ones were sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think any team like could pull it off. Really, should pull it off. Yeah, I really, just, I, so. I'd like to see a lot more like teams maybe try just like try to do like a cream jersey. Nice blue jersey jerseys okay. right there. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna go I think, to mine. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm gonna go to mine with. The Astros, like, sunrise mm. look. Ah, everyone, knows, everyone knows that jersey. They've got the number on the pants. You can see on Nolan Ryan here. And the sunrise look. I, I really like those jerseys. Really unique. Yeah. It's OG great. throwback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. And my number one. My number one is going to be the Mariners Trident jerseys. Nice. And the hat. I th- we talked about this a little bit with Len Casper. We talked about the hat, and All I right. think that what really stands out. I love the jersey. It reminds me of just like lightning, and just go, feels goes very well with Seattle. I feel like, and the trident makes it all that much better. It's very unique putting the the uh, trident in the M. I think that's very creative, uh, and the trident and the hat very cool, very throwback. Love the color scheme wish they could bring it back a little bit more and uh yeah that's my number one yeah that was really All nice right. we my number one we mentioned the vests earlier so right here nice yeah. early yeah. 2000s Randy this, when they won the world yeah. series i mean i think i like i like how they've they went after these jerseys, they went towards like that snake that I didn't really like the, the maroon and like the cream they went to, but then they kind of revamped Sedonia brought. Yeah. They brought a little bit of that, um, that they brought like a teal and a purple more into their look going back mm-hmm. to their early days. But I think they really need to forget the Sedona red. I think these, these purples are really, really good. I, I love them. Right. I yeah. Agree. All right. So Zach took mine. Um, my number one was also going to be that Astros jersey, but I came up with an alternative. Um, another Tampa Bay Rays jersey right here. A fullback uniform, as they call it. Um, obviously, the Rays were an expansion team and weren't around 
in the 80s. But for one of their throwback game, turn-back-the-clock games, they created these fake throwback jerseys, kind of based, I think, on the Padres' 80s look. The light, the dark blue jersey with the light blue sleeves, light blue pants, bright yellow numbers jumping off. Big fan of those. And then they also came up with these as kind of like a road jersey version uh, with the light blue jersey and the yellow sleeves, which I don't think is as good. I think these... Uh, those are better. These are really – I just love this color scheme with the dark and light blue and yellow. the bright yellow, yellow hops. I, I think – I think, like, that what also appeals is that font is actually very similar to, like, the Phillies uh, – Yes. The Phillies, that little swoop right. P is mm-hmm. very nice. I, I really like that font. Very classy. All right. all right, I've got maybe not the best uniforms of all time, but my favorite uniforms of all time is the 2000s Marlins with the pinstripe, yeah, teal pinstripes, the teal Marlins with the black number. And they were also, these ones that they rarely wore, were sleeveless with the teal undershirt. I thought it was a great look. They also had uh, pinstripe pants. You want to see this, this photo? Yeah. Some and of my won, favorite jerseys. They won two World Series in those uniforms. They did. And then they, I think they, I mean, they just went to the terrible orange. And now they, they just rebranded and it's mm-hmm. better, but I still think it's. Yeah, it's still not. Yeah, I like that not. original look. Also, I, just think, I th- go ahead. I think just they, they changed, they went from Florida Marlins to Miami, yeah. so. I guess they were just trying to like rebrand in that way, but do you think in this top five jerseys we uncovered that the late nineties, early two thousands was maybe the best time for yeah. jerseys? Or or was it yeah. maybe the eighties? Mine I feel like were more seventies, eighties. Mine were seventies, right. yeah. But I agree. And the nineteen seventeens. Those late nineties, early thousands were underrated for sure. Yeah. Well for the just like how, jerseys. It's like yeah. how commercials used to be good. No, they're not. <laughs> maybe it's just because I think partially maybe we're just so used to the current jerseys that we like yeah. the the different look. So. Right. Could be because we never said we didn't. We only the only the current jerseys we mentioned were the new Padres and like the new light blue. So right, we we didn't I, mention. I I love any, players. I, I love players weekend, but I also feel like. Um, you know what the NFL did with color rush brought up a lot of numbers and, you know, I'm not quite sure like why they stopped, uh, why they stopped doing it. I know people had like, were colorblind and whatnot, but I think if the MLB yeah. did, did something kind of like a color rush, uh, weekend or whatnot, I feel like that would be very cool. Well, what they did this year with players weekend was a disaster. Not good. Yeah, sure. yeah. Players weekend and was I, not good, but. Oh, and they had so much potential too. I think. Mm-hmm. If you had you if you did the all white all black but you made the logos colored, like if you had like an all right. blacks, Oakland A's jersey but you had that, uh, athletics in bright gold like that would have that would have worked right. in my opinion. I feel like every team should have kind of had like a different color. You know what I mean? Because they're all just wearing yeah. mm-hmm. kind of like their secondary yeah, colors. I think were different, but it was just like black and white. It didn't make. Much I don't know so. who came up with that. It was yeah. I did like Majestics last year. They just like forgot to submit a design. They're already done. <laughs> they just, we're going with black and white. 
now Nike's take. I mean, I was hoping they'd do some sort of like city edition thing. Yeah. Like it's not the NBA. I mean, yeah, I've mentioned that before. I think doing a city edition for each different team in their stadium also would be pretty cool. And I, I think they could end up. They probably Nike yeah. is, yeah. Mm-hmm. City edition powder rush. It's a double whammy. Well, they could break it up into two weekends. Much. More money. Good. Let me yeah. just show you this right here. I made this like a year ago. Um, my take on it, what a White Sox City Edition could look like. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's like the Bulls Perfect. One. Yeah, I mean. I, I thought that if the Cubs were to do one like that, they should do like the Ivy and then they have yeah. the, the Ooh, number yeah. be like the yellow I, brick in the Ivy. Yeah. Exactly. I did. I did really like the Williamsport jerseys. I kind of. I kind of yeah. like those. Mm-hmm. Cubbies. Yeah, I think those are cool. Here, I'll grab. <laughs> He's grabbing it. He's got. He owns one. I don't get why they didn't make those the players' weekend jerseys. Yeah, yeah, those were great. Look at that. Yeah. Cubbies. Who's These are really there? cool. We got you, Darvish. You son. You son. Jacob, Usan. do you know if they're gonna make? If they were planning on making any jerseys for the Iowa weekend? Um, I'm, I mean, with the Yankees, um, I'm guessing they're just going to wear the gray, they're like stand. I mean, I'm guessing it's the whole point of that's kind of like classic and standard. Like, so I doubt it. The commercials, I think all the commercials, the Yankees were in gray and the White Sox were in black. So I'm assuming, I don't know if they were, I didn't think they were planning on doing anything special uniform wise. I mean, the White Sox could easily do, like, those 1917s. That's pretty much what they were when the movie was filmed. Why is it, why is it that you think, um, like, a lot of people wear, like, throwback NBA All-Star Game jerseys and whatnot. Uh, why don't you think that also translate over to kind of MLB? Because, like, I don't really see that many people walking around with MLB All-Star Game jerseys. Yeah. Baseball jerseys are kind of hard to wear, to be honest. True. Like, um, um, like just most of basketball jersey, which is just kind of like a sleeveless pullover. Baseball jersey, you need like buttoned up, and like also baseball just well, it's like a big sport. It doesn't have like with people today the like cultural appeal that like basketball players have. Like you know, yeah. I'd rather wear a shirt jersey than an actual jersey anytime. Yeah, like almost always. Yeah, me for sure. All right. So here we got the, wait. the devil rays. Devil rays. <laughs> All right, so we got the jerseys, top five jerseys. That will be history. Now we're move on. I need to move on, pick a all-time starting lineups. Yeah, well, all-time starting lineups, exciting okay. times. I think we all should say our catchers first and then go first, second, third, oh, and I'm whatnot, in. so-and-so. I made a batting order for mine. I don't know. Ooh. I'm going to go through that. So, starting out, uh, I'll start. Case. Case gets first. Catcher. We're going to start at catcher. I chose Ivan Pudge Rodriguez is my catcher. A 21-year career, 14-time All-Star, 13-time Gold Glover Hall of Famer, 2,427 games played, and his All-Stars and Golden Gloves is the most out of any catcher ever. Finished off his career with a 296 batting average, just absolutely insane. Uh, and what really stood out to me, actually, when I did a, a kind of a deep dive into his stats, 
four of his all-stars came when he was 32 to 35 years old for a catcher with, you know, his knees were probably hurting. That's just, that's pretty remarkable yeah. and outstanding. So um, he had a cannon for an arm, 68.7 career war, third good highest agent. out of that. He had a good agent. <laughs> good good yeah. agent, play, uh, played for a very long time, was most known for being on uh, the Rangers and Detroit, really, he had the most success on. And yeah. he had the third highest war of any catcher of all time. So, Ivan Rodriguez, that's my catcher. Good all right. I went with Johnny Bench. Um, he, Hall of Famer, of course, two-time MVP, Rookie of the Year, 14-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ, 10-time Gold Glove, World Series MVP, accolades go on and on. He finished with a career OPS at 817, which isn't, doesn't seem crazy high, but that's still um, pretty good for at the catcher position. But what really stands out to me is um, he was truly like the leader of the big red machine behind the dish um, with that 10-time All-Star and – or 14-time All-Star, 10 gold gloves. That's pretty incredible. And he just kind of – the clear pick for the 1970s um so yeah johnny bench my pick all right who you got zach i also had johnny bench for the same reasons i think he was not only great offensively but also really good defensively pudge rodriguez was great defensively but he wasn't a like one of the best hitters and mike piazza was another catcher who was one of the best hitters in the league but wasn't great defensively and I think Johnny Bench really captures both of those so am I gonna let both you guys have Johnny Bench oh yeah got all right yeah that's that's well, then, I mean there's we, gonna be there's gonna be a fair amount of duplicates I have a feeling well okay. or should we do a snake draft I mean I, don't know. I mean it well based on the simulation we're gonna do it's totally possible for both people, for multiple people to have the same player. Yeah. Let's give some, con- let's right, give some yeah. context to our, uh, give some context to our yeah, viewers yes. at home. Yes. Uh, we are doing a simulation with these teams on MLB the show or no out of the park sports. Uh, very good know. simulator for baseball uh, predicted the 2019 world series. Uh, very good simulation for baseball. Um, and we're going to take these teams run them a couple times, see whose team uh, really comes out and plays the best. So, Yep. All right. My catcher pick is going to be Mr. Mike Piazza. Okay. According to fan graphs, the best offensive catcher of all time. Um, he leads all catchers in MLB history in offensive runs created home runs, and many other offensive stats, despite not reaching 2,000 games, unlike guys like Bench, Fisk, Bera, Hudge. All, they all played 2,000 games. Piazza was at 1912 and still finished first in home runs and offensive runs created. So defensively above average, not great, but it's not going to bring the team down and is the best offensively of all time. Good. Piazza can't catch a cold, though. Not good at defense. <laughs> I mean, he was above average. Very above average. Got the job done. Got the job yeah, done. He's not going to – For sure. 
not going to drag my team down with his bad defense in any way. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay, so, so I feel like guys. I kind of got the last pick there. So well, you want to go you first? Could've... So, yeah. I'll take the first selection for. Yeah, we'll go, re- we'll go reverse. We'll go back and forth. Well, are we drafting like we can't duplicate or? I mean, I think we can duplicate, but. All right. I'm going to try. Go I, haven't, I haven't picked my team yet. I'm doing this on the oh. fly. So okay. I won't duplicate any of your guys. Um, but at some point, I should get first say, I feel like. Yeah, so, yeah go for it. With my first baseman, Chase tried to convince me not to take this guy. But I think it's just because he really, really wants him on his team. He told me he wasn't even relevant. But I'm going to go with Mr. Lugig. Lou Gehrig. I did take him actually. So oh, wow, wow! <laughs> I, I saw him right through that. I mean, Chase texts me about thirty minutes before the show, saying, "Hey, don't take guys like Lou Gehrig who are quote unquote too- irrelevant." <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did take Lou Gehrig at first base. A relevant Lou Gehrig, Mister Relevant. First base. So sorry, Chase, but. I mean, just like Mike Piazza, you might be seeing a theme with my team. He's the most offensive runs created on fan graphs, second most war of all for his basemen, and played 900 fewer games than the only man ahead of him, which is unusual. So maybe irrelevant, but he's my first baseman. So sorry, Chase. It is what it is. Am I up? Uh, Yeah. I'll take... Albert Pujols had some of the best seasons of all time, I would say. He had insane power, and he was actually sneakily good on defense and could also steal some bases really sneakily. So not quite the five-tool player. Obviously, at first base, you're looking for a lot of power, but he's got everything, I think. Albert's had, like, eight straight seasons being, like, a below-average player and is still an easy first ballot Hall of Famer, which just, yeah. like, shows how good he was at the beginning of his career. He was so insanely good in his prime that it doesn't even yeah. matter now. All I've right. also gone with the machine, Albert Pujols. Um, same reasons, just incredibly overpowered offensively. Three-time MVP, Rookie of the Year. 10-time All-Star, won the World Series twice with the Cardinals, and six-time Silver Slugger. And the, I mean, the, just the milestones, it seems like, even though he's taken it sl- one game at a time because he's not being as productive, but like 600 home runs, 2,000 RBIs, um, just elite clubs for Albert. Jack, we've got the same team so far. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Guys, gonna have to mix it up at some point. It'll change. I'm confident. I figure it will. All right. So, my first baseman. This is kind of this player could really be categorized either in first base or DH. Um, I chose David. Well, it was Lou Gehrig, but this is kind of close. I was really thinking hard about David Ortiz, so I'm gonna go with David Ortiz, Big Poppy. Uh, I, you know. I think he's just – I love his personality. Put him at first base. Risky. That's well, you could put him at DH. You could put him at DH. All right. 
after after the show, you guys will send me a lineup. So I'll put them in the order you guys right. want them. I'll put them with a yeah. I probably want him in DH, but it did start off his career at first base, and I think yeah, just over his career, he's in the 500 home run club, 55.3 WAR throughout his career, and 10 time All Star. And at age 40, he really could have kept going. And at age 40, he had 127 RBIs, just absolutely incredible. Yeah, great player. Uh, love Big Poppy. Who doesn't? I mean, shout out Big Poppy for sure. All, All right, right, Chase. Base. I think it's you again for second base. Going to second base, I chose Rogers Hornsby as my second baseman. Two-time pitch. MVP. Two-time MVP at a career batting average of three fifty-eight. Absolutely insane career OPS of. 1.010 absolutely just amazing that's 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 basically an mvp ops really every season that he had pretty incredible 434 obp eighth all time at a 23 year career i mean can't go wrong with the rogers hornsby it was a different era the on-base percentage you know you could play it different was but that is true but no, stats-wise, can't go wrong. Right. All right. Jack. I went with Roberto Alomar as my pick. Um, you know, not – maybe not the – there's not – there's really definitely not a clear pick for second baseman. Um, so, I went with well, – Zach, we'll get to you, but yeah. <laughs> Alomar – 12-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glove, four-time Silver Slugger, uh, won the World Series twice, of course, with the Blue Jays. Um, ended with a 300 career batting average at 300. OPS, OPS at 814, pretty solid. Um, and really just, like, outstanding defensively. And he did very well offensively, so that's my pick. All right. A lot of speed, think- too. Who's the obvious second base pick? I think this is the obvious. He should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. He's got 4,256 hits. Pete Rose, the best hitter of all time, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, there's nothing else. Switch hitter, Charlie Hustle. He's got everything. I mean, I I just – I wouldn't consider him a second base. So, I mean – I mean, he'll be fine, though. Here's here's my issue with Pete Rose. Um, sure, he got the most hits of all time, but I'm looking right now on fan graphs and keep scrolling, keep scrolling. His batting average, 202nd of all time. The only reason he got the most hits was because he had a super long career. He was a great player, of course, but for most, for the large majority of his career, he was a solid 300 hitter, but he was definitely – I do not think he was one of the best. I think nah, – we that's can disagree. My, that's my take. But I do, I do want to say I've got no other cheaters on my team because I don't approve of cheating in the game, but I don't think Pete Rose cheated. He just kind of bet on games. Well, his playing – That's a different argument. Yeah, that's I, a completely different argument that we can, I will not have Barry Bonds on my team is all I'm saying. Right. But, my second base pick is going to be Mr. Jackie Robinson. Hey, 
Um, Jackie Robinson, among second basemen that have played since 1930, has the highest OBP, has a ton of speed, and might be as about as good of a leadoff hitter as you're going to find. Um, just a great player, obviously had an amazing career and did a lot of great things off the field, but on the field too, he was, he was an amazing player, could get on base, steal bases, and he's going to score a lot of runs for my team. Nice. Jacob, uh, before we get to uh, shortstop, can you flip-flop David Ortiz to DH? And for first base, I would like to have Frank Thomas. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't get, you don't, you don't get yet. Once, once you get back around to you, you can make a pick, all right? All right, all right. <laughs> but I'll put Ortiz at first base for you. All right, and it's still me for the short we're gonna, Okay, we're going to go back. Right. So what I, what I would do is I'd pick A-Rod here. But based on his what he has done since he retired, mostly being a terrible announcer, and just being annoying and not a likable guy, I'm going to Mary switch Jennifer Lopez to the most valuable baseball card of all time, Honus Wagner. Good pick. Yes. Um, out of all shortstops in MLB history, it's most runs created, second most runs created behind a guy with only 2,500 plate appearances. So out of guys who had – played more than about six or seven seasons. He's most runs created of all time, had a pretty high slugging percentage considering the era he played in, and just a great hitter, great fielder. Um, what else is there to say? Honus Wagner. All right, back to me. I've got actually a similar player to Pete Rose, I think, who is Cal Ripken Jr., I think one of the best shortstops of all time. I mean, he can hit, he can field. He played all those games in a row. He's got the record. Solid pick, I think. I mean, I think it, it's a lot like Pete Rose in that he had a long career, but he wasn't really that good. I mean, he was, he was still he pretty good. good. But I don't – again, his numbers year by year, I don't think he was one of the top five shortstops of all time. Let's look at his, his MVP season in 1983. He led the league in – Runs, hits, and doubles, and he hit 318 with a 371 on base percentage. Not bad. It's pretty good. Zach Campbell's favorite player of all time. Is Fun he? fact. Well, it well, was. Actually, Mike, it's Trout. Mike Trout. He yeah. says Mike Trout now, but he used to say Ripken. Right. All right, I've gone. I'm going to ignore his role on ESPN, but I've gone A-Rod. <laughs> um, just, you know – I mean, at the end of at the end of his career, he of course played third with the Yankees, but earlier on with the Mariners and Rangers, um, he was a shortstop. And there was a guy named Derek Jeter that took uh, that took his position it, uh, with the Yankees. But fourteen-time All-Star, three-time MVP, two-time Gold Glove, um, six hundred ninety-six uh, career homers, three thousand plus hits. He's the pick. Probably the best shortstop of all time. Of course, we don't know quite how much was natural, I guess, but very good pick still. Jason, you guys. 
I got Ernie Banks. I am surprised any Cubs fans chose him. Uh, but I'm going to go Ernie Banks, you know, two-time MVP, 14-time All-Star. Uh, bad 273 throughout his career. Is in the 500 home run club, which I love. So I'm going to go with Ernie Banks. All right, Chase, still you for sh- third base. Going to third base already. Third base, Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt. I'm Mike Schmidt. Take my and play. there's a big reason I had Mike Schmidt. I think he's a great player. A little bit underrated. Uh, me and Jack talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, and he was an absolute Cubs crusher, which I love. I mean, he played his best in his career against the Cubs. 12-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glover, three-time MVP. Not sure how many other players uh, were able to get three MVPs, but it's pretty insane. Uh, in the 269 games he played against the Cubs, he had a 292 batting average against them with 207 RBIs and 78 home runs. And I did the math a little bit here. That's one home run every 12 and a half at-bats that he faced against the Cubs. In the, the original Cubs games. killer. Yes. Because that was when they were in the same division. So right. that's yes. why. So that was, uh, that was a big reason why I chose Mike Schmidt. Just an absolute monster. Great power hitter. Love him. Great defensively yeah. as well. Great. Yep. Yeah. And he had those I've nice gone, Philly uniforms on. So I've gone with got to get some switch hitting. I've gone with Chipper Jones. Um, but uh, I mean, one of the best players of the 2000s and uh, late 90s. Surprisingly, only six time or sorry, eight time All Star, and that's doesn't seem surprising. I mean, that's still a lot, but still, you'd think some of the other guys there in the double digits. Um, one-time World Series champ when he was a rookie, or when he was, like, his first full year, he was a World Series champ, and 468 uh, career homers. Decent defensively. He wasn't uh, Mike Schmidt or Brooks Robinson, but he was, like, Mike Piazza gets the job done. So, I'm going chipper. I'm going – this guy had a – Really good prime, maybe not as good of a career, but I'm going Miguel Cabrera. Between 2011 and 2013, he hit 340. And in those three years, he averaged 39 home runs and 127 RBI per season. All right, Miguel Cabrera for Zach. Um, My third baseman, I mean, this is kind of – going against the strategy for my first few picks. But I'm going to go with Mr. Brooks Robinson. I mean, vacuum. best defender probably of all time. Um, I mean, some people saying Angelton Simmons, maybe. I don't know, different era. But Brooks Robinson, with some of my, my catcher and my first baseman not being the best defenders, I think it's really important to have some defense on the team. He was a solid hitter, hit 250 home runs and above average in all aspects at the plate. Solid nine hitter on this best team ever, and that's amazing in the field. And then for my left fielder, I am very glad that I got to make the first pick in left field. And I'm going to go with a man who I consider the best baseball, the best hitter of all time. Barry Bonds. I mean, 
He cheated. He cheated. He did. But still has over 750 home runs. <laughs> just absolutely dominated. Like, no player anyone had ever seen, except maybe Babe Ruth. But Barry Bonds, best hitter of all time, is you cannot argue with that pick. I'd like you to read this book. It's called Game of Shadows. It's about the steroid scandal. Barry Bonds. Right. I'll read it after my team wins our simulation. After Barry Bonds hits I'm happy I'm after you because in left field, I've got my home run, all-time home run leader, Hank Aaron, with 755 home runs. And he's also the all-time RBI leader. He actually never hit more than, I think, like 49 home runs in a season or something like that. Incredibly consistent home run hitter. One of the best of all time. Good pick. Good pick. The second best home run of all time. I went. He's not a primary left fielder, but I'm sliding him over there with Mickey Mantle. All right. Okay. Mickey Mantle, another switch hitter. I like the switch hitters, Chipper and Mickey. Um, Three-time MVP with the Yankees throughout the 50s and 60s. He won seven World Series as those 50s and 60s, 50s and 60s Yankees just kind of ran through everybody else. Um, triple crown winner, which is a pretty crazy accolade. So, yeah, I went with the Mick in my left field. All right, uh, Chase. My left fielder. So Jacob did take Barry Bonds, who I originally had, but I'm not going to. You can take I, him, too. I could take him again, but I'm going to switch it up here, and I'm going to go with Ricky Henderson. He was my number two there in left field. Uh, I'm going to go with Ricky Henderson. So, I mean, 111.2 war of all time. Uh, MLB leader in steals of all time. 500 more than the next man up. Pretty incredible. Speediest man alive, really, Ricky Henderson. Uh, yep. And he was born in Chicago, so. There you go. It's all the reason you need. Probably one of the weirdest personalities in MLB history, I think. All right, center field, Chase. Center field. I had Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. The kid Jr. himself. The kid. I mean, his prime. Massive power. His prime. His, when he was in his prime, he was arguably probably the greatest player ever, honestly. And by his prime, of course, I mean the two uh, August and September 2008 with the White Sox. Oh, completely. <laughs> yeah, not so much. But, I mean, <laughs> finished, off, finished off his career with 284 batting average, 13-time All-Star. I mean, home run derby winner. Got called up when he was 19 years old, finished when he was 40. I mean, come on. All right, Jack. I've gone with Willie Mays, arguably. I think that's I'd say, yeah, I think he's the pick. Uh, 24-time All-Star, which is kind of ridiculous. That's <laughs> Think about it. I mean, Hank Aaron actually also was like a 24-time All-Star because I think at the time of that, they had like they two had All-Star two. games per they year. They had two All-Star yeah. games a year. But yeah, still so. pretty crazy. Yeah, insane. Two-time MVP. 12 gold gloves, 660 um, homers, just absolute five-tool player. 
no doubt. All right, Zach. I've got – I've said this before all the time that I think this guy is going to retire as the greatest of all time, Mike Trout, the best player of all time. He's already got three MVPs. He's about to turn 28, I think. I mean, no one knows where his career, where his career is going to go. I mean, it's a good, really good pick. Those, I think, with those three guys, Mickey Mantle, those are probably the four picks. Ty Cobb, very interesting. But I think I'm going to go a bit of a weird pick. I'm going to go with Tris Speaker. The all-time doubles. All-time leader in doubles, Tris Speaker. Um, other than being the all-time leader in doubles, he has the fourth most offensive runs created of all time, was a good defender, stole 400 bases, and had a 345 career batting average, which, to saying that for a whole career in any era, it's pretty impressive. And then moving on to right field, about to create the best corner outfield duo of all time, Mr. Babe Ruth. Okay. Probably one of the top three hitters in baseball history, along with my left fielder um, and Zach's left fielder, Hank Aaron. But 714 home runs, changed baseball forever. What else? What else is there to say? Babe Ruth. It's definitely a good pick, but I like to pick one of my favorite players of all time in right field, Ichiro Suzuki. Hey. One, of, one of the best pure hitters ever. Won MVP and Rookie of the Year in the same season. He's got all-time – or hit, hits in a season. He leads with 262. And let's see, career batting average 311, even after having all those horrible years after probably like 2015 to 2019, he was not great. Very good pick. Yeah. Um, I needed a left-handed bat in the lineup. Mm -hmm. I was thinking Ichiro, but Jacob mentioned him earlier. I'm going with Stan Musial. Nice. Yeah. Um, You know, not the biggest Cardinals fan, but still one of the best of all time, three-time MVP. Again, 24-time All-Star, uh, three World Series, seven times the batting title leader, 475 total home runs. The list goes on. So. All right. Chase, I'm up. Well, right uh, I was, I was going to choose Ichiro, but Zach took it. But Zach took him, so uh, I'm going to have to settle. I'm going to have to go with <laughs> Hank Aaron is the number two. Who probably should have been number right. one, honestly. Uh, 25-time All-Star, absolutely absurd. 143, a career war. At a 23-year career, was an All-Star every year but two. His first and his last. I mean, absolute unit, insane, crazy player. Finished off his career with a 305 batting average. One of the best players really to ever pick up a bat, Hank Aaron. All right. Chase, you now need to pick your first baseman because you moved David Ortiz. Yes. Uh, my second 
pick for first base was Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas. Some would say better than Mike Trout. Who said that? <laughs> if you look, Frank Thomas versus Mike Trout for the first eight seasons of their career, Frank Thomas is better in every single statistic. Except for maybe the fielding ones. Offensively. Offensively. And, and the space running ones. And, yeah. Here. Take a And look. being a five-tool player. Yeah. Screen share it. Let's see. Here it is. Here's the graphic. Frank Thomas, much better batting average, 17 more homers. Big advantages in OBP and slugging percentage. I don't know. Chris Comka, who provided those stats, might be a little bit biased. <laughs> I mean, NBC Sports Chicago, they, they did Sox and Cubs for, for a time. Yeah. Very they good. don't do Mike Trout. Frank Thomas right there. All right. I've gone with my DH. Ted Williams. I wanted to get another left-handed bat in the lineup. I feel like this guy's overlooked. This guy, despite missing three years due to military service, finished with 521 total home runs. Uh, obviously a Hall of Famer, 19-time All-Star, um, and truly just one of the best hitters of all time. There's no denying that. Uh, Led the league in OPS for eight straight years. So, good pick, good pick. My DH, I was also going to go with David Ortiz, and I'll keep him because I kind of need the left-handed bat in my lineup. Yeah, I was going to go with um, Edgar Martinez, but mm. I do kind of need that left-handed bat. So I need a right-handed bat in my lineup which means I'm going to go, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to go with the highest home run hitter. Oh, no, I am mistaken. I forgot. Jim Tomey also has not been picked. But after Jim Tomey and Sammy Sosa, this is the highest home run hitter hasn't been picked yet. Herman Killebrew. Needed that right-handed bat, get some more power in the lineup behind Bonds, Bonds and Ruth and Gehrig. And he can play some third base in case Brooks Robinson finds himself in a little slump. So home and kill Bruce, my pick. Okay. 573 home runs. Back to you for the ace. All right. My ace is going to be, in my opinion, the owner of the best pitching single season of all time, Pedro Martinez. Okay. Pedro Martinez, 1999 and 2000, compared to the rest of the league in the middle of the steroid era, was probably the best pitcher in the history of baseball. If you look at his ERA compared to the league average. What was it in 2000? Like 1-3, right? Yeah, let's see. I'm trying to pull it up here. I think like... Now I can't find it. And I think the leader after that in the year 2000 had like... It was Pedro Martinez with 1-3 or something like that. And then, like, the next guy had, like, 3.0. Yeah, it was something crazy. Insane, Let yeah. me see if I can pull it up here. Pedro, Pedro, Pedro. Pedro Martinez, one seven four in 2000. Wow. Yeah. 
So, I mean, yeah. the league average was like 4.8, 4.9 because of the steroid era. Like, that's right. – How about we use different pitchers? Everybody has to have different – Sounds good. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, I was going to have Pedro later on my list, but my ace Same. is Nolan Ryan, the greatest pitcher of all time. We really can't repeat. Pedro is my second guy. Jacob, I think I think no repeats for the pitch. And with Jack on the, I mean, if you okay. – Here's the thing. Three, there are only three other teams in the league. That's 54 okay. games against each team. We're like doing Pedro Martinez versus Pedro Martinez like 12 times then. I think okay. that's excessive. All right, who we got, Jack? I'm going with Randy Johnson. Yep, yep. So, the big unit. One of the best nicknames of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, absolute stud with the Mariners and D-backs. Just like pumping through at the age of 38. Just still throwing ridiculous with the D-backs. So, five-time Cy Young winner. Mm-hmm. All right. Jace. Triple crown pitchings. Well, I mean – you guys kind of took all of mine already, but <laughs> you get too uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Cy Young. Yep. Okay. Never won a Cy Young award. Crazy. Never did. Never still won a Cy Young name. award, but he's still going to be your ace. Okay. Okay, Chase. All right, who's your number two? My number two is going to be Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox. Not an overdraft, in my opinion. You think – I don't know if he's – he's a good pitcher. Top five in MLB history. I don't think – Hey, I'm believing in it. I think he could have waited. All right. Forget any scandal. Jack, did you, did, wait, Jack, did you say you think he is? I didn't say anything. Oh, I, th- I thought – I think he is. I, yeah, I think he is. For sure. All right. I've gone with – Forget any scandal, but Roger Clemens. Um, I mean, just, again, ridiculous stats, even right. at the end of his career. Seven-time Cy Young winner. One being at the age of 40. I mean, that's just That's pretty wild. good. All right. Who we got? Oh, it's me. Um, I'm going to go with Sandy Koufax. As my lefty. Underrated, maybe, as one of the better pitchers all time. The lefty. Jew. I think it's a good pick. You like that. It's a great it's a great pick. Alright. My two picks. Alright. Sam Kofax there. My first pick. Gonna go. Gonna go current. Beginning of his career, people saying he was one of the best pitch, could it be the best pitcher of all time, hasn't quite lived up to that. But Clayton Kershaw, been awfully good recently. I had him a little bit further down my list. Yeah, I don't think he was gonna last too much longer. My third pick, maybe, maybe a bit of an overdraft, I'll admit, but I'm gonna reach down. Go way back in time. Christy Mathewson. Okay, 373 nice. wins. 
in his career, which is top, which is tied for the third most of all time, didn't even lose 200 games and just dominated his era. Um, yeah, probably looks like he might have the lowest FIP of all time, of all qualified starters, and just was able to get results when he needed to. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to go to – all my picks got taken already, obviously, mm-hmm. as did you. Uh, I'm going to go with Max Scherzer, one of my favorite pitchers to watch, and maybe one of the best of all time. Ferocious on the mound. Yes, he is. All right. I wanted a lefty. This might be a bit of a reach, but I think most underrated pitcher of all time, Steve Carlton. It's mm. a good pick. Just led the 70s and 80s Phillies to two World Series, um, four times Cy Young. Just needed a lefty, and he's incredible. Really incredible stat. All right. Chase. Chase. Sandy Koufax. I would even pick Chase. Has he really been already picked? Yes. Are you watching? Well, most of my players, people have been drafted already, so I've been uh, making some. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit of a scramble here, like the NFL draft. Um, We're going to go with Tom (laughs) Seaver. Tom Seaver is a little bit farther down my list, but, you know. All right, back to you again, Chase. You got a double pick. I'm going to go with Phil Necro. You know why? Very unique. Very unique. You know, love watching old highlights of Phil Necro. Just gets me in a good mood. So I'm going to go Phil Necro. That's a good one. All right. I'm going with an old schooler, Walter Johnson. Johnson. That was my pick. The big train. Big big train. Two Johnsons. Yeah, there's a picture of him at the yard. (laughs) Got to get the pictures of the yard. Didn't get Garrick, but no. Yeah. All right, Zach. Um, I'm gonna go to another guy who might have had the best pitching season of all time. Old Hoss Radborn, 1884. He pitched, I believe. That's it was a good pick. Around. Let me look up his stats, actually. Um, if you don't know the story behind it, teams at the time really had two pitchers on their team. They'd pitch the whole game and their pitcher on the Providence Grays, their other pitcher, he like kept drinking alcohol and they cut him from the team. Basically he left. So old Haas Radborn in 1884 decided to pitch the whole season. He won 60 games. He pitched 678 innings and he struck out 441 batters. ERA plus will not be broken anytime soon. <laughs> he had an ERA plus of two hundred five, which pretty solid. Wow. All right, my fourth selection. I already took Pedro, but after Pedro, this guy is another contender for the best pitching season of all time. Addy Joss. Going way back, I think 1906. Oh my gosh! The Cleveland Indian just absolutely dominated. His ERA <laughs> was below one, and he threw some 400 innings or something. Do we know how fast he pitched? 
uh, probably about 62. I don't know. <laughs> now, I don't know how fast he pitched, but whatever, whatever he did, he was pretty effective uh, during his time period. So he's going to be my pick. And my last pick is going for my five starter. Going to be another guy, not the most well, not the most well known, but another guy dominated his era for my favorite team. So I got to go with Ed Walsh, lowest ERA, ball qualified pitchers of all time. Tired number sixteen for the White Sox, and it's a great pitcher. Okay, I did not that. know that. <laughs> what? What years did he play? Um. So Ed Walsh, um, let's see, born in 1881, pitched from 1904 yeah. to 1917. Gotcha. Yes. We're on it way back. 1.8. 1880s. Can we get an Ed Walsh card <laughs> in the show? Yeah. Can Honestly, though. I've got another really old school guy, not quite as old school. I don't even know if you guys know him. Dizzy Dean. Ah. One of the best pitchers of all time, I would say. Uh, back in the 1930s, he would pitch around 315 innings a season. He struck out close to 200. But he didn't play very long. He didn't play very long. It's an interesting story. He was one of the best pitchers of his era, and then he got hit by a line drive on his yeah, toe. that's right. And that affected his all of his mechanics, and he never came back from that. Really interesting story of how just – your broken toe can affect your mechanics. He tried pitching through it, and it didn't work. All right, Jack. All right, I've gone with a current player, and I just need to make sure I can get postseason success, so I went with Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner. Not my favorite player of all time. He's got his salty attitudes all the time, but um, you can't argue that with his postseason success that he's not one of the best pitchers Mason in postseason history. All right, Chase. So I'm going to go with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Tommy John, another White Sox legend. Hot. Tommy John. All right, now we're moving on to relievers. Chase gets first pick. This is a I do advantage. get first pick. No I'm going to go with Mariana Rivera. The only, what? The Big only, surprise. Wow. The only unanimous Hall of Famer ever. Uh, I, Jack. Um, yeah. Big I'm going to go. Yeah, there's still plenty of really good picks, but I'm going to go with Trevor Hoffman. Very reasonable not, top two saves guys of all time. Yeah, not the hardest thrower of all time because I got a lot of hard throwers in my rotation. So, mm-hmm. but no doubt, circle, circle change, change best. Yeah, best changeup of all time. People say, um, and just played for a long time, had a lot of success. So, T Hall. All right, Zach. All right. Obviously, you guys took my top two. I'm gonna go with. My number three, Craig Kimbrell, living legend. Greg? <laughs> Greg Kimbrell. No, Craig. 
before <laughs> this season, I'm not sure about what it was at right now, but before this season, with pitchers minimum 500 innings, he led in ERA, ERA plus, strikeout percentage, FIP. The list goes on. Yeah. Uh, so for my picks, these are this guy would have been my number one pick if I was picking where Chase was for the Levers for this reason. Mariano Rivera, best closer of all time. I don't think he was the best reliever of all time because he only went one inning. Goose Gossage was almost as effective, pitched two to three innings a game, and I think that's going to be a big advantage. However, in, in the ninth, Goose Gossage pitched the sixth, seventh, and eighth, but I do need ninth inning guy to close it down. So I'm going to go with a should-be Hall of Famer in Billy Wagner. He will get there. I think he will, too. But. My pick, I'm not even sure if you guys heard of him. Hopefully you have. Dan Quisenberry, one of my favorites. Oh. Submariner for the Royals in the 80s. He was very, very dominant for that Royals team at some point. All right, Jack. All right. Another guy with stamina, former starter, Dennis Eckersley. Nice. Got to get a guy, like you said, Jacob, that can go more than one inning. He was a former starter. Um, yeah, so. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> is that not who you're going to pick? You weren't, that is you weren't gonna, not who I'm going to pick. Rodney? No, I was not going to pick. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. <laughs> oh, I thought he meant. Wait, put Colomay. <laughs> no. uh, Alex Colomay? No, no, no. Who do you want? So, how many more relief slots do we have here? Is this our last one? This is your last one. It's our last one. Man, I'm in between two. And I'll tell you why. I'm in between Aroldis Chapman mm. and Raleigh Fingers. Okay. I know who I'd take. You'd probably take Raleigh Fingers, I feel like. But because Raleigh Fingers in his prime was insane. I mean, so is Aroldis. I mean, this is a hard one. This is a very hard one. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to break. I'm going to break the, the, uh, whatchamacallit, like the, I'm going to go with Aroldis Chapman. Aroldis Chapman? I'm going to break the culture. I'm going to, this is going to be the first person who's st currently playing that is on these rosters. Pretty sure yeah, Craig Kimmel is still current. Yeah, I'm how players we ended up with. Yeah. Like, well, maybe, but really because what he's did in the past, pool hosts what he did in the past, but like. I think Mike wow. Trout is really the only one. Kershaw and Scherzer, bombed right. on but like, I'm surprised. And what I do think though is if, in reality, would I pick Honus Wagner and Lou Gehrig and Tris Speaker? No way, because they've never seen a good curveball in '95. <laughs> right. But based on the way they dominated their eras, like, it's not going to translate in the simulation. Yeah. In the simulation, they're going to be really good. How I think of it is if those guys were to have grown up in this era, they would probably still be just yeah. as dominant. Not if you were to get a teleport device and bring them in now. It would yeah. be horrible. But if they grew up in this era, I think they'd still be pretty dominant. Mm -hmm. All right. So, I'll go. 
I'll set these teams up. Um, we'll see you next week, I guess. I'll run the simulation a couple times, see what the results are. See who wins MVP, who wins Cy Young. Cy, if Cy Young wins the Cy Young award, I think that would be that, that would, would be incredible. That would prove that the simulation's accurate, I think. But <laughs> sure, well, it should be called the Old House Radborn Award because <laughs> he had the best single season of all time when Cy Young had the best career. What if, what if during the simulation, Tommy John needs Tommy John? <laughs> I think I'm going to disable okay. injuries because we don't really yeah. have like. Because like if I say Chase is like. If Chase is the White Sox and then, like, Tommy John gets hurt, then they call up, what, like, Ross Detweiler to fill in the rotation. So I think I'll turn off injuries just so it kind of – we keep – What up. are we going to do for, like, bench and other relievers? We um, can fill those in if you want. How about – I mean, we can just make random players and then they won't play, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just fill them in with a bunch of – Joe Randoms. Joe, Joe Randoms, and they won't play. Nice. So, yeah. Sounds good. Thank you all for tuning in. This is uh, 88. You're listening to 88.1 FM, WNTH, the voice of New Trier. This is Bases Loaded or Pennant Chase, really however you want to go about it. Um, thank you all for tuning in. See you all soon. Bye-bye. See ya. Stay safe.